Yes, sir. Time to crank up the big, the bottom, the boom, shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And this is a throwdown Thursday, my friends. Woo! Speaking of throwdown, how about the absolute ass whooping the Ravens laid on the Jets? Good gracious. I'm glad Lamar Jackson, uh, he apparently saved all the touchdowns from last week in my fantasy football match. My opponent had Lamar Jackson. He saved all the touchdowns for this week, which is great because I didn't have to worry about it. Hashtag first world fantasy problems. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Dims the brakes. But we do have a lot of uh, real world football to get to and uh, some big old Simons and in Major League Baseball. So we'll have a little bit of fun. We're going to try to uh, run a, a fairly tight ship tonight. And we'll see how that goes. I know promises, promises, promises. You never know. It doesn't get dangerous anytime we talk about efficiency on the sports brew. But let's go and get everybody up in this piece, man. First and foremost, that's right. Shannon, the Twitter Terminator. I haven't even had that much to drink. Stumbling and bumbling over the words. It's terrible. But Shannon, the Twitter Terminator MacGuffin. Man, are they still throwing touchdowns in that freaking Colts Bucks game? What the hell, brother? Woo! Defense. Well, I mean, Darius Slater did get a couple of picks and run one back for a touchdown. Yeah. Otherwise, defense was optional, man. (laughs) Goodness gracious. I mean, dude. Dude, we had had some higher hopes for the the Colts this year. And, I mean, it has just been, what have they lost, four or five, five or six? I don't know, man. It's bad. I mean, they... That's a tough season, slide, brother. Season's over. I mean, they haven't had T.Y. the last few weeks. Which Marlon has hurt a lot, out. yeah. Max been out. You know, it, it, there's all and what's his face? Funches is out for the season. I don't even think his season got started. So Has it ever? Know. Has, has Funches' <laughs> season ever really gotten started in any season that he has played? That is a true story. I mean, come on, man. Although he has collected paychecks. So. Well, hey, that counts for something. Oh yeah, there you go. They've dropped five of six following a five and two start. Woo! I mean, it's not Jaguars level bad, but it's bad. It's bad. I mean, there's been a, a few winnable games. I mean, yeah. But also, yeah. Go Navy beat Army this weekend. Man, woo! <laughs> Fair enough. But talking about defense optional, I guess we need to get to the other legitimate bag of football shenanigans although i mean quite frankly i think most people consider it the best game of the week uh perhaps not if you love defense but if you loved entertaining football games and you loved anybody dragging defenders and getting face masked along the way you had to love kittle at the end of that 49ers saints game that was a wild one brandy what's up dude oh let me tell you man i Woo. That game. Hey, woo! <laughs> well, I was kind of annoyed because I thought for sure. I was like, oh, eight, over each of the market, they're going to show it. I said, I also I'm like, Green Bay, Washington? Why? <laughs> um, what? Yeah, to you, see... you didn't want to see that barn burner that was the Packers Redskins? Come on, dude. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> the Redskins had playoff chances on the line, bro. <laughs> Strangely enough, you you are correct. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, at, at least they've been yeah. at least they've been a competent watch. Uh, you know, since Gruden got Das Boot. I mean, I'm not saying they're good, but they've been at least a surprisingly competent team in some capacity. So it hasn't been an absolute dumpster fire. But that's all right. We'll get to that 
shouldn't have been broadcast game a little bit later. But yeah, <laughs> did, were you having heart palpitations in that 49ers Saints game, brother? Oh, I was just like, <laughs> oh, great. We just gave Breeze too, way too much time. And then he just drove him down the field. And I'm like, oh, great. Again, heartbreak as time expires. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I was like, wait, that's us doing it for a change. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> just because, and honestly, I'm not going to lie. The, the stress of it, like the emotion of it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I teared up a little bit just because of the actual football excitement of Look at that. watching that unfold. How about that? Side note, you know, I'd forgotten that Emmanuel Sanders was a stealer. I had completely forgotten that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Think about that. They, they, they had. They had I, I want to say, I, I, think, I think they drafted A.B. and Sanders in the same year. I think that's right. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, Dan Patrick was talking about it, and I thought he said that, like, those two guys, like, they have the most combined receiving yards of, like, players drafted by a single team in the same year. It was like some weird – I mean, obviously, it's kind of like – it's like those baseball statistics where they're – you know, it's like this really random outlier kind of thing. Although, who knows if Brown even ever plays again at this point. But it's nice to see Emmanuel Sanders – I mean, you know, he got traded to a good destination. He's obviously – it's worked out well for both the 49ers and for Sanders. Random fun factoid, by the way. Uh, I loved that throw that Sanders had when he fired that one off to uh, Raheem Mostert on the sideline. I mean, is it Mostert or Mostert? I think it's Mostert. Mo- more like Mustard? All right. Uh, Mostert with the candlestick on the Saints sideline. I mean, there was nobody around him, man. 35-yard touchdown. That, uh, yeah, that was a great play. But the reason I brought it up is it's like the first time that uh, a 49er has a receiving touchdown and a passing touchdown in the same game. So it's like, you know, again, an outlier statistic, but pretty cool nonetheless. But I'm happy for Emmanuel Sanders. That worked out well for both the player and the team. So Yeah, doesn't always happen. So it, no, it doesn't always happen. Well, it's one step closer for him to get a re-sign and maybe getting a, a final payday since, it, you know, he's in the – Later years of his career, yeah. So. Well, but he's in he's in the he's in the back half for sure. Yeah, you know, and given some injuries that he had, you know, sometimes you just hope a player can resume their career and and you know get close to what they were. So uh, I'm you know I I can't definitively say he's what he used to be, but that's a good team. You know, they've got you know I, I mean it, that that's a really really good squad, and they are so much better. I'm so glad that Kittle is is on field and just balling. Um, they're a much more dynamic offense with him on field. You know, they just, uh, they just, yeah. they just really are. He, he is tremendous. He is tremendous. I mean, you know, I'm sure some people consider him the best tight end in the league. I don't know where you'd stick him at, Randy, but you know, clearly, just his skill set, how he plays, um, and what he, what he adds to the offense. I mean, it's just, it's a super incredible dynamic for them. And that was a hell of a game. I mean, you did have, you know, again, the year of the F and refs continues. They had some not not great moments in this one. They had some certainly awful moments in the Pats Chiefs game. But I'm glad. I mean, that was a fun. That was a fun watch. It was a fun watch. It was a fun game, and I certainly could see an enjoyable rematch happening in the playoffs. And I'd be okay with that. 
Yeah, Although it would job. probably end up being like a 12 non slug fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that would actually happen. Yeah. I'd be kind of surprised if it did, but if I'm pretty sure if we did see them in the Niners saw the Saints in the playoffs, I'd, I'd, I think that'd be just a fun game all mm-hmm. around. I mean, probably be in San Francisco, but. It's so trending they, that way. Yeah, it's trending that way. But they have to, the first things first, got to just handle the business. Yep. You know, make sure. Win the division, clinch first round by all that fun stuff. So, I'll tell you this, Randy: your Sunday was better than my Sunday. <laughs> I was stuck in talent show hell oh. because Lily takes uh, voice lessons, so all the music lessons that these kids and adults take, I had to go watch Ooh, them all fun. do a song or two. Each individual do a song or two. And then I had to go drive Amber up to D.C. and drop her off at the airport and drive home. That so whole day take- sounds like this. <laughs> that day Bro. sounds like you, you need this vodka right here more than I do. That's what that day <laughs> sounds like. Just, trust me, I would have taken Skids Packers on the couch. Yeah, I believe you. Sunday, my man. I believe oh. you. But look, man, uh, a couple of little tidbits from that game. Number one, <laughs> I did kind of crack up on that. It was the third quarter, and uh, Donna's were up 35-33. And the Saints, you know, they had some moments of aggressiveness in that game, which I appreciate, don't get me wrong. But Taysom Hill went bombs and went a fake punt. And, of course, you know, your initial reaction is, man, like that 49ers dude is, like, mugging the Saints guy on the sideline. But, <laughs> but of course, there's no P.I. on the outside man on the punt. That's by rule. And Sean Payton was over there on the, on the sideline just all kinds of pissed off because they wanted at least a hold, right? Got nothing. <laughs> Got nothing on that. But I'm no kind of no, glad they didn't reward that because that, to me, like, that's one of those things, you know, that you hate to see a cheap penalty, right? I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But. Like they would call pass interference at a New Orleans Saints game. Come on, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe they'll call a, call a hold. <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm kind of. I'm just. I'm just glad they didn't. I'd hate to see and that. The, you the know, funny thing is, is I was unaware of the rule myself, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. going, "Wow, no flag on that." Okay, cool. And then I saw after the game, I was like, mm-hmm. "You know what? That rule makes sense because yes. how's the defender going to know when he's blocked? His sole purpose is to block the gunner." He wouldn't, and that's the thing. It, you know, if they start throwing flags on that, then you're going to see teams are going to exploit that. They're going to try to leverage that all day, any given. You know what I mean? Any given Sunday. So I think that's a good rule. I understand why Peyton was, you know, pissy about it. it he was kind of mugging him on the sideline, but I mean that's what they do with a punt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I think they have to treat that like a punt. You know, that is not. Who was it the other week? Was was it Drew Locke that threw it deep and got that cheap P.I.? Was it was it the against the Chargers? Oh, the Broncos, oh, the, and Chargers. Yeah. 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 So you know, I kind of get it, but at the same token, you don't want to see punts turn into that. That would be awful. No. But yeah. look, man, it was the most points the Saints have ever scored in a loss. Ten combined touchdown passes in that game, the most ever, by the way. Most touchdowns combined ever in a game is thirteen. And it was relatively recent. Anybody got a guess as to who it was? Was it Rams Chiefs? Nope. That's a or, really good guess, though, because that, that game was crazy high guess. scoring. It was not. It wasn't Wasn't the other crazy high scoring game last year Browns Raiders? 
I didn't say it was last year. I just said it was recent. Oh, recent. I'm just trying yeah. to think of the because I know that was a high scoring game too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So 13, most ever is 13. That was the Giants and the Saints in 2015. Oh, that was the Eli Drew Brees crazy game, like yeah. 52-49 or something. Yeah, yeah, it was bananas. Uh, then they had 12 in the Saints Cardinals game in 1969. Boy, if they were playing yeah, fantasy football, yeah, if they were playing fantasy football in '69, man, they they Ain't loved that. that game. Hope they took the <laughs> hope they took the over, buddy. Um, there was 11 in a Lions Packers game in 2011, and 11 in a Bengals Browns game in 2007. And then there's this one with 10. But what's what's wild to me is that the Saints are in three of the five. That's wild. The Giants game in 2015, the Cardinals game in 1969, which, you know, whatever, and then this one. But three out of the top five, you know, games with the most combined touchdown passes in a single game the Saints are in. That's but bananas. But the 2015 and the 2019 game, I'm, I'm not really surprised that they're in those games. Well, yes. I mean, you got Breeze and you have a prolific offense, but it's still a pretty wild thing. I mean, there have been a, plenty of high-scoring shootouts in the league, and for them to be in three of those top five is pretty wild. So, but anyway, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this three game stretch for the 49ers and it was like, well, win at least one. Well, they certainly took care of that. And there were, you know, a field goal at the end of the game away from bagging all freaking three. That's incredible. I mean, they beat the hell out of the Packers. They had that tough, tight loss against the Ravens and went down to the wire and then he had the thriller against the Saints. Now, granted, Saints came, you know, the Ravens and the Saints game could have gone either way. Right. You know, I mean, to be fair. But that being said, you know, they're they're a, a hair from going one and two, or they're a hair from going, you know, three and oh. But that it told us a lot about who the 49ers are. Uh, and if people had any doubts about what they were uh, because of their competition or who they had played earlier in the season, all that should be off the table. This is a this is a good effing team. They can approach they they can play a lot of different ways. They have a D. They got a run game. They have hey now you know <laughs> yeah buddy. Uh, <laughs> they know how to stick it in. Uh, <laughs> you know they know how to stuff it. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. You know that's what they, she said. <clears throat> look man they they can play they can play in the wet and wild. You saw that with the Redskins and Aaron Andrews. They know how to do that. Um, Jimmy G shooting his shots. You know what I'm saying? Um, they got a bajillion running backs, apparently. Good luck figuring out who's going to be the dominant one in any given game. You know, but still, and, and then they they got mocks and they got guts, you know. And I think if there's any, if, you know, we'll see how the year plays out. Okay. I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl. I'm not going to say that. But they're clearly in the group of teams that people are going to look at and say they have a strong possibility that you know they're going to be in the mix to finish this season they're going to be in the mix and You're- if there's if there's one play that, that people are going to look back it's like a season defining kind of thing it's the guts and the attitude and the moxie that goes into that damn kittle play on fourth and two i know a defender whiffed i get it that's not kittle's fault he ran away from the dude <laughs> okay it took a bad <laughs> angle but the thing is you make a big play in a moment and then he's got, you know, they're trying to gang tackle that dude, and they're face masking the crap out the guy. And it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. That guy was determined to get the yardage, determined to carry people with him. That was a bad ass play. 
was a badass play. Randy, you sent me a picture of an elephant with lions on it. <laughs> and, and it was about, it, I mean, it was accurate. You know, and that's a season, that, that's an attitude play. That's what that was. And every team, every year, when you see how the season is, uh, you know, what's your identity? Who are you? What's your heart? That's a heart, you know what I'm saying? And that hits all those boxes. Clutch, big moment, attitude, performance, delivery, and, you know, taking it to the other team that was that was a glorious play and that will be i don't know if it'll be the play of the year who knows what that's actually going to be uh but that is one of the most memorable plays of the regular season it was incredible it was incredible absolutely you know what hell with it let's do a salute clock to freaking kittle (laughs) why not i am crushing a three-notched tolan rye ipa which initially I didn't really like, but they've grown on me. So it's it it's a good beer. And then I also have my Jack Daniels and my Mexicoke, which is always a classic combination. Mm, beer and a mixed drink, why not? Mm. I'm going to finish this one rye IPA, take a sip of that mixed drink, and then unleash my next rye IPA. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was going for efficiency. I got to make it count tonight. <laughs> Shannon, what you got, brother? Uh, earlier in the evening, I rocked the Kindred Spirit Deliciousness. Yeah, was it deliciousness? It was deliciousness. Good. I'm happy to Very hear good. it. And now, you're just chilling? You got tea, coffee, um, milk? <laughs> uh, as the water boy would say, some high-quality H2O. There you go. Got to hydrate, brother. Nothing wrong with that. Randy, what you got, man? Well, earlier at my work's uh, Christmas party... Uh, I had a, a, a collaboration between Drive Shack and Hardywood. It's just it was just a golden ale, which was pretty good. They they just said it's a co- collaboration. They didn't, the dude was brand new. He didn't really know the name of it. So I was like, yeah, I'll try it. Why not? But unfortunately, the, I'm kind of sad because I don't have beer in the house. So I just decided to <gasps> pull myself. Uh, yeah, I know it's crazy. Uh, so I actually decided to. <laughs> You're number one, buddy. Uh, <laughs> so I decided to uh, pour myself uh, some straight vodka, man, with some on the rocks, just to uh, have some alcohol to go with tonight's festivities. Do it now. Well, there you go. Why not? <laughs> what the fuck did I do wrong? Drank straight vodka. Have... We'll see about the end of the podcast. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like discipline. <clears throat> but a couple of interesting tidbits about that uh, play with Kittle. Mm-hmm. So the guy who uh, made the whiff on the Minnesota Miracle was the same guy who got the face mask. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's still employed? <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, so he was he was the guy hanging off a of Kittle's face mask that entire run. That's also, funny. I read an article where Garoppolo looked at him in the huddle and said, I'm throwing the ball to you. You better win. And literally, that's what he said to him in the huddle. How about that? Well. Oh, that's enough motivation for you. Yeah, that, that was on point. So, yeah, look, man, that was a fun game. Uh, I, know that, that, I don't know that anybody expected that kind of game. I mean, I didn't. You know, 48-46. And by the way, that's the first time there's ever been an NFL game to finish with that score. And Randy did just say ball whenever you get a minute. Oh, well. <laughs> Le- leave it to Shannon to be focused on what really matters. You said. 
balls. Hey, I'm trying to be efficient. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what she. That's that's what she said. And at this point, I kind of hope that Garoppolo's performance kind of silences some of his doubters because he's been on fire as of late. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's played some good football. Uh, I think some of the some of the, you know, the questions that are remaining are a matter of consistency for him. Uh, and then, you know, can you deliver consistently in the playoffs? But he'll have the opportunity to, to earn that. And, you know, clearly Shanahan knows how to put, you know, that offense in positions to succeed. So then it, it's just at that point, it's a matter of execution. So, I mean, he's on pace to become only the third 49ers quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. And yeah. the thing is, is it's only been done three, three times total. I mean, Steve Young did it once, and then Jeff Garcia did it twice. Joe Montana never has never thrown for four thousand yards yeah, in a season. It, well, I mean, that, that's that's an era thing too. I mean, right. can you imagine if you could get a team that was built the way that the Montana era Forty Niners were playing under today's? You know what I mean with today's deal. You know, I mean, I'm not, you don't really know how well that team would necessarily translate to today. I mean, you just have to kind of play with it and imagine what it would be. But, you know, if you apply the way that they go at offense today and you took a team that was built and as talented and, you know what I mean? I mean, what would Montana be like in today's game? What would, what would Steve Young be like today? Oh my Jerry Rice. Oh my God. Yeah, just incredible. People would probably be sick of the Niners like they're sick of the Patriots yes. if those teams were in this era. That, that's probably a safe assumption. That's for sure. But, uh, so, you know, it, yeah, I mean, it's cool. And I th- I want to say, like, he has, like, three, four touchdown games this year. Mm-hmm. And that list of, like, four Niners quarterbacks with four touchdown games, it's a, I don't think Montana's on there. He is because he had a five. Or maybe it's maybe it's a Falcons. five. I, I forget there was some there was some weird. Maybe it was a five. I don't know. There was something funky um, with that list, and I don't. Rem- maybe it was like the number of times in a season. I don't know. It was something screwy. Uh, and maybe that was one of those outlier stats. I'm like, I, I can't believe I don't see Montana on this list. I figured you would have a a, a stat correction somewhere because you'd probably remember some some bunch of hammers you dropped on somebody along the way, and it seemed weird. So it must be some combination statistic where it's not just about a game; it's about like multiples or something weird, uh, whatever. Not that important. What is important is that the Forty ers are legitimate; they're good, uh, and if they're they're healthy, um, they're clearly in the mix as far as the teams that are a real threat to win the whole damn thing. So enjoy the ride of the rest of the season for whatever it's going to be for you. Hopefully you end up happy. I don't have a problem. I mean, if four dollars win the whole thing, it doesn't bother me. I don't know that I'm actively rooting against anybody yet. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, I haven't picked my villain yet. <laughs> I don't know. There's always a team I decided I just am going to hate. <laughs> and I want them to lose. And I haven't figured out who that is yet. So... Whatever team Donovan McNabb endorses. Mm. Any team that McNabb likes is pretty much automatically on my uh, F list. Uh, by the way, Clint, <laughs> what's up with all the NFL players like trying to rip off that medical fund? That is a terrible look. 
That is a terrible. Clinton Portis. Uh, I mean, it was on like the NBC Nightly News. They were talking about Clinton Portis, man, defrauding. I think I think he responded with no comment or he didn't do it or whatever. But that's gonna come out in the wash, man. Because uh, was it like three point two or three point nine million dollars? That's a lot of money. And it's a lot um, of money. It's a lot of money. That could get really. Really ugly. It's not Josh McCown being ready to go in as a wide receiver for the Eagles ugly. Oh, it may not be that bad, but it's bad. It's bad. Because, you know, like Trey Young, you know, I'm sure Trey Young would be like, you know, Clinton Portis wants Trey Young to be like, it's over. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> I, I, Clinton Portis going all shaggy. It wasn't me. Yeah. I, I You know, I, Portis has a lot of bad baggage, man. And uh, yeah, didn't it, he like it, bl- have like blow through all of his money too at one point? Well, he had some bad. I mean, he wasted money. Don't get me wrong, but he had some bad things happen to him as well. Well, uh, I thought didn't he have like people steal from him? Yeah, or of course he did. Of course he did. There are people yeah. that mismanaged the money and all that kind of stuff. I think that's one of the reasons you've seen him on the Redskins sideline doing like because that look. I love Clinton Portis, right? That was some rough sideline reporting, dude. I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? Can you imagine having a tandem of Booger McFarlane and Clinton Portis calling a game? Christ nope. Almighty, mute it. <laughs> <laughs> just turn, uh, just turn the sound fair. off, bro. Uh, and, and, you know, I would much rather see what was it? Coach Janky Spanky was one of his characters. <laughs> I would, I would almost rather see Clinton Portis just be in character doing sideline stuff. Like that to me would be worth it. <laughs> that I'm not would... gonna lie. You put Booger and uh, just Clinton Portis out there. No. You're gonna make me reminisce and ru- make, miss freaking Jason Witten. I don't know. We don't need to be mas- missing Jason Witten. That's here. no. I wanna pull yeah. a rabbit out of your head. Yeah, yeah. Pull, pull a rabbit out of my head. That's one where I think I'd want the. Uh, remember that sideline card that would block your view. <laughs> that Booger, <laughs> like that's one where I'd be like, bring that thing back. Can you just block those two guys, man? But uh, one of ten former players, man, uh, charged with health care fraud by the United States Department of Justice. Let me tell you what, man. You got the United States Department of Justice on your ass. Um, y'all some football players, bro. You better have some good lawyers, and you better have some. You better have some good protection, man. <laughs> you better be ready, dude, because some of y'all are going to get locked up. <laughs> That's no joke, dude. Clinton Portis, Carlos Rogers, Robert McCoon. Those are three Redskins, by the way. That's three. On the list, John oh, Eubanks. God. I don't know. I don't remember Tamarick Vanover, Sanders Brown. I definitely don't remember James Butler. I'm not sure. Frederick Bennett, Buck Halter. I remember and, and Etrick or Etrick Pruitt. And then and then oh my god, Bucks. And then Joe Horn and Rache Caldwell are expected to be charged with conspiracy to commit healthcare fraud. Oh, bug out Rache Caldwell. Hell? I'm telling you, man. Some of these dudes are going to end up being locked up, bro. <laughs> or they better have a plea deal. <laughs> That's going to get bad, man. $3.9 million of fraudulent claims. And they paid out more than $3.4 million for those claims between 2017 and 2018. Something's going to get really, really ugly. And uh, I hope Clinton Portis, I hope somebody was, you know, I hope somebody else was responsible for it and not him. He's had a rough go. I'd hate to see that guy get taken out for that. But, yo, I mean, if they did it, if they did it, <laughs> You know, book them, Dano. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> Sorry, man. That, that's on y'all. That's on y'all. I hope it doesn't come to that. I really do hope it doesn't come to that. But if they did it 
and they can show that they did it, <laughs> sorry, mm. brother. That's on you. Good luck. Good luck. Matter of fact, they deserve this. If it's true, if the allegations are true. Yeah. They deserve that. Or, as Shannon likes to say, How do you fuck that up? How do you fuck that up? By being greedy, because you're stupid. That's why. Mm -hmm. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> God. We'll see. We'll see what comes of that. Um, it does worry me. But. And it bothers me that several players that played on the Redskins are mixed in with that. That's a that's a smoking gun, brother. That's a that's a bad deal, man. That's a bad that's a bad deal, bro. That's a bad deal. Uh, anyway, um, let's shift gears for a moment. I, you know, I mentioned some of the officiating issues, uh, and I do think this year has been particularly poor. I really do. And, I, you know, I, there's always questionable calls or missed calls. I mean, it, it feels like that's just been a thing every single year as long as I can remember. But for all the effort that the league tries to tell us they're putting into, you know, cleaning this up or correcting this or getting it better or, you know, challenges and replay and blah, blah, blah. It, it still blows my mind the number of significant plays that get, that are just wrong. And I know that some things are a judgment call or they're bang, bang, or it's really tight, but uh -oh. <laughs> whoa, uh, bang, bang, yeah. Well, bang, bang, really tight. You said balls. Jesus. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Here's the thing. Patriots, Chiefs, I, I, people have no, you know what I mean? They're, they take a, a certain degree of satisfaction out of the Patriots getting hosed. And I get that. I get that. But if you fundamentally have a problem with poor officiating, you should have a problem with some of the things that happened in that game. You should have a problem with some of the stuff that happened in the 49ers Saints game. You should have a, a, a problem with some of the things that happened in the Chiefs Patriots game because we really should we should demand and get better than what we as fans get from the officiating in the league. You should not have stuff as fun as the Minneapolis miracle and some of these crazy plays are, here's looking at you, Saints-Rams-NFC championship game. You know, when you have things that really appear to be broken or just don't make sense or, you, you know, you look at it and <laughs> you have to wonder about integrity. It's sad. All right? It, it's just really sad. And... Again, plenty of people will take a great deal of satisfaction and go, well, it was the Patriots' turn to get hosed. F them. You can take that stance, but when it happens to your team next and it's that same kind of thing, you'll feel very differently about it. And again, there's close calls, and then there are egregious calls. And that one in particular, the fumble, I, I mean, they challenged it. They got it right. You know, they fixed it, but they lost the return yardage. 
Um, I don't think Gilmore would have gotten a touchdown on that one anyway, but it certainly would have given him a much shorter field to work with. And maybe Belichick has to own some of it for challenging that Sammy Watkins, you know, first down. He, you know, lost that, lost a challenge on that. They obviously got the one with Kelsey right, but they were out of challenges. But what I don't understand about the Nikhil Harry play is if he's going in for a touchdown, let him finish the play. You're going to review it. Mm-hmm. It's a scoring yep. play. You're going to review it anyway. And if he stepped out, you just overturned the touchdown. Yep. It, hurt, it. it hurts no one. It, you, you know what I'm saying? That, that's the one that really bothers me. I don't like them blowing the Gilmore play dead. Again, let him finish it because they can challenge it or you know maybe the Chiefs challenge it. Uh, or whatever, it, you know, that changes the dynamics of the moment. But the Nikhil Harry play, that one absolutely effed the Patriots. And I know, again, a lot of people are like, good, F the Patriots. You know, that's fine if you feel that way, but it still doesn't fundamentally address a play of that magnitude with a game of that magnitude with two of the best teams in, or at least two of the teams that most people have really high expectations for. I know the Patriots have some offensive struggles. I get it. I understand. <laughs> okay. But they're playoff teams. They're two playoff teams. For that kind of play and that kind of moment to be handled in that way, if you're a fan of the sport, it should bother you. Even if you feel like there's some Freud, you know, F the Patriots along the way. Fine. You can feel that way. Uh, but it's atrocious. Let let the play, dude. He's right by the damn pylon. Just review the scoring play. Why are you blowing it dead, bro? What in the hell is that? What in the hell is that? And you can give kudos to the Chiefs' defense for keeping them out of the end zone. Fine, that was a good job by the Chiefs' defense. You know, you know dude dropped the ball. They couldn't punch it in. Fine, ha ha. But that should have been a Nikhil Harry touchdown. Yeah. That's what it should have been. That was the right play call. And it should have just been reviewed as scoring plays are. But it wasn't. And because it was handled that way, I think most people, realistically, unless you just hate the Patriots for the fun of it, you're going to go, why did they do that? And there's no satisfactory answer that I've heard for why they did that. There isn't one. Because that that's that's awful. I hope like hell that officiating crew has nothing to do with a single damn playoff game. Nothing. Because they don't deserve it. No. They don't deserve it. And it takes away from some big moments in that game. Like Breland, you know, uh, late in the fourth quarter uh, when the Patriots are threatening the score and, you know, Breland knocks down the throw to Edelman in the end zone. That was a beautiful defensive play by Breland absolutely I mean it really I mean it was an incredible defensive play but the final you know the outcome of that game is tarnished by heinous officiating again we all understand there's a degree of human error we get it you accept that but that's awful and if it happened against the Eagles the Redskins the Cowboys the Patriots the 49ers the Colts the Bucks whoever when officiating goes like that it deserves the critique, it deserves the criticism, it deserves the blowback, because the sport and the fans 
and the teams and the players deserve better than that. That is awful. Terrible. Terrible. And it almost makes you wonder if it's the same officiating crew that's messed up that type of call many times earlier in the season because we've seen that happen multiple plays where it could be a turnover going that would have been led to a score or something where they just blow it dead and then that's it. Yes. They, it ruins uh, it. It ruins it. And then yeah, it, and then it's like all the stuff with pass interference. It's like that Jets Dolphins game, dude. And it to be fair, I think technically it's the right call at the end of the game, except they didn't they didn't call it PI. In the moment, they didn't call it pass interference. But on review, they did. And it's, what makes it weird is, for the most part, they haven't been doing that. And we've seen, I think, much more egregious instances of pass interference not that called call. that yeah. were then challenged, and they didn't overturn it. But they did there. The thing that I hate is it makes you wonder about betting. Right? It just makes you... It, it, because there's not consistency. That's the part that really bothers me. If there's consistency, it's one thing. But there's not. And too many people are left going, well, what the hell does any of that even mean? That's as a fan of the sport, as a fan of the league, as a fan of players, as a fan of teams, that sucks. That sucks. Well, I hear there's supposed to be there's talks of during the off season having like an actual officiating review board. There is to just to go review to th- go through all the officials and chart progress and regression, which and, is good. But you know, it, for it's a, a little bit late, <clears throat> it, it's sixteen honest. games, dude. And if you get hosed out of a game, you know you can miss the playoffs or you get knocked out of the playoffs. Uh, I, you know, I mean, just like- the other. I mean, the Saints got absolutely, and I swear to God, it feels like every week some call happens with the damn Saints where you're like, "Why does this keep happening to the Saints?" <laughs> you know, did did you know did did Sean Payton you know not not slip enough pills to somebody? I'm just kidding about that. Is are they oh, still are they still oh. <laughs> are they still getting back at him for Greg Williams? Like, what in the hell, dude? You know, I mean, and Sean Payton, don't don't be talking smack to your butcher, man. Yeah, <laughs> stick to me, buddy. Stick to <laughs> stick to me. That's what she said. Just remember <laughs> Theon, man. Oh my God! That's what happened? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, alrighty then. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Huh. Mm. Mm. Well, as always, good old Shannon. <laughs> Hot dog in a hallway, buddy. Roll that one, fuck you! Yeah! How about LSU getting that one seed? Brother. Brother. Uh, I, I think LSU absolutely deserves the one. Um, some of that is because Ohio State had that rough, that rough first half against Wisconsin. And, you know, kudos to Wisconsin. That was a hell of a first half. Uh, but you get no kudos for the second half, y'all. <laughs> y'all got nope. out, outscored, outscored by twenty-seven after halftime. That was awful. That was awful. Uh, but I think LSU deserves the one seed. I think they earned it. 
they kicked George's ass. Man, they were wheeling George's SEC championship, you know, the stuff they have to donate to the people in third world countries. They were rolling that oh, crap yeah. out of there, like, I think uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter. <laughs> they were like, hey, get it out. And uh, I saw one video that made me laugh because someone was like, yo, can I get one of those shirts? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what one of those would be worth. That's pretty funny. But, you know, it, LSU, uh, it, I mean, Burrow's been fantastic. Um, I mean, hell, that, dude, that dude's that dude got, like, you know, the touch this year. I mean, he's got a, uh, a ball that gets deflected, goes back to him. He catches it and runs for a first down. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it's your it's they, your year win. Yeah, they they got a mo they they got a lot of mojo. But look, I mean that was LSU's fifth win versus an AP top ten team. I mean, what more do you want out of them? Yeah, they, and, tough they, schedule, man. That's... I mean, if Ohio State had done to Wisconsin what Clemson did to UVA, Ohio State would have stayed the one. I think that, and they wouldn't be playing Clemson, and they wouldn't be playing Clemson. Yeah, maybe maybe Dabo was kind of right. A little disrespect on a uh, little disrespect on Clemson because now, yeah, I mean Clemson's got the most difficult path, you know. But I mean, it's what it is, you know. I mean, uh, you're in, so you're that's in. All that matters. You're in. Go win or shut up. So, uh, but I, I don't have any problem with with Ohio State dropping. You know, they just didn't play a complete game. Played an incredible second half. Uh, I still can't believe the damn Wisconsin punter dropped the ball. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Actually, Shannon, you're right. I did. I just did it. Here you go. You said balls. Randy, who's your – I can't – who's the gigantic Wisconsin fan? Oh, you're talking about Steve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Big, tall dude. Yeah, I'm sure he loved that game. I didn't really see any updates on Facebook like I usually do, so, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure we all know he was, his I'm, on that. I'm sure he was feeling good after the first half, and then it went to hell in a handbasket. That was rough. But, you know, I mean, Clemson absolutely beat the hell out of UVA. I mean, I, there's no highlight worth mentioning other than Clemson just completely throttling them. Um, UVA made it entertaining for, oh, two possessions, <laughs> and then that was about it. Uh, you know, Clemson is the class of the ACC. I mean, there's just no, there's just no doubt about it. And I, look, I, look, I think LSU was phenomenal. Ohio, Ohio State's freaking good. So uh, whoever wins this has some. I mean, I think by the time you get through it, they'll, they'll have certainly have, have earned this the hard oh, way. Yeah. And this is definitely a year where you look at it, and you know we've talked about you know, the CFP a lot in years past. And my thought for expansion would still, it would be six teams where the top two get a buy and then you go. But I, I don't, I don't know if that would really be relevant this year. Um, certainly, I don't know that eight wouldn't even make sense, would it? No. I mean, not really. I mean, <clears throat> there's some years four is enough. There's some years that you could do six. Some years you could do eight. I think this is year where you could comfortably do four and be okay with mm-hmm. it. I think so. I think so. I, I don't know that anybody else deserves. I mean, I think Saban put Alabama fifth. I think a lot of other people actually did. And Alabama could probably give everybody an, at least an entertaining game. But I don't think they belong in the conversation with LSU or Ohio State. 
They don't. No. So, um, out of curiosity, what do you think is the most likely outcome of the uh, CFP? I'm not saying you got to call your shots, but well, LSU beating Oklahoma, I, uh, you know, I just don't think Oklahoma has what it takes to keep up with LSU. Um, they may keep it entertaining for a half, maybe in through three quarters, but LSU is going to pull away late in that one. I mean, hurts hurts uh, hurts would have to be insanely good. Yeah. I mean, he's played LSU before. I mean, this is a different LSU team, but yes. it's not like it's not familiar. Ohio State-Clemson, I think it's going to be a fun game. Mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely positively going to be a fun up-and-down game. I give the edge to Clemson simply because coaching, they've been there before, done that. And, you know, Dabo's got a couple of national titles. Are they, are they, right. are they going to be able to successfully play the disrespect card? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's all LSU and Ohio State this season. All Clemson's done is just won all their games against weak teams. Mm. So, well, yeah. He absolutely can play the disrespect card. And he will. That's that's Dabo for you. Well, yeah. any coach, really. Well, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Again, I, I'm just hard-pressed to think it's not going to be, unless Burrow gets hurt or decides to sit out of a game <laughs> or something, I just don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't see how they're not going to. I'm just, if, if anybody can beat LSU, then they will have absolutely 100% earned full claim to that title, dude. Because they are tremendous. I think Clemson is. Oh. I think Clemson's a really good team. I absolutely do, and I, I, I mean, you know, I, I think the team I I expect the least out of is Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, they would be the Same. biggest shock if they somehow ran the table and finished that off. I think that would that would blow me away because my expectation for that is is about zero. LSU winning, not going to shock me. Clemson winning, not going to shock me. Ohio State winning, not going to shock me. Oklahoma, that would shock me. It really would. Yeah, I'm all in on whoever beats Clemson at this point. So, <laughs> so this first game is like I'm all Ohio State. But I think it would be – Shannon, I do have a quick question for you. Sure. Has, has a rookie head coach ever gone undefeated and won the national championship before? I believe Trestle did it. I don't know if he went undefeated. I know Jim Trestle won in his first season at Ohio State with Maurice Claret. That's a name uh, I haven't heard um, in a while. And I, that's just off the top of my head that I'm thinking of. Hmm. There may have been another one recently, too, but it just isn't coming to mind. Yeah. But I think I think Trestle led – I think that's the last one, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know for Ohio State, I mean, that's pretty impressive in general for him to still be undefeated mm-hmm. and have a shot at going undefeated and winning a national title. It is. It is. It, it's a tremendous thing, and he'll have to send a lot of – if he does that, they're going to have to send a lot of thank yous to Urban Meyer for building that damn team. Very true. A lot of them. And he will probably gleefully do it. I would. I might even include – uh, Urban Meyer and my family Christmas card. <laughs> if they manage to do that, you know, why not? 
By the way, do you think this rumor with Urban Meyer, uh, the, the Cowboys' interest in Urban Meyer, do you think that's legit? There's, I mean, it's all all kinds of rumors floating around, but that would be the so. The problem is, is not a lot of college coaches translate well to the NFL. They don't. They don't. But you know, I mean, I mean some do, and you don't know unless you give it a go. And right. Urban Meyer, for all of his shenanigans and health problems and baggage that he does have in his past leading programs he's won at every single le- he's won everywhere he's been yeah he's good i mean actually it- i was mistaken randy it's uh larry coker the year before at miami there you go i mean that's just that's some rarefied air right there just yeah to actually have that as a rookie head coach uh it, it's an incredible thing but that 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 team is a beast Justin Fields is had a hell of a year, hell of a year. You know, Young I mean, is a, just a beast on defense. Chase Young is an, is a stud. Oh my gosh, you know, I would love to, him Dobbins versus Burrow. Awesome. I would yeah. love to see that matchup. Yeah, I tell you what, though, if I'm if I'm drafting early in that draft, I mean, I have to take a hard look. At Chase What's Young his name again at Young. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I don't know. Well, like I mean, Burrow it, like. <clears throat> If Cincinnati's one, Cincinnati's taking Burrow, brother. If they're one, they're taking Burrow. End of story. Okay, end of story. But if if the Giants uh, are two, you better bet your ascot they're taking Chase Young. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Bet your ascot. That's awesome. You bet your ascot. Now, I'm not saying that the Giants are where the Niners are, but, I mean, look what happened with them when they took Bosa at number two this year. That defense just... Got that much better. Well, uh, yeah, they. I mean, they had injury problems last year that really derailed the season. They, they, they had, they had just had stuff. <laughs> they had stuff that went wrong. But they yeah, have fourteen I mean, guys on IR right now. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But that, yeah, I mean, it, 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 ma- it difference ma- maker made it, like that. Yes, yes, yes. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. Hey now. <laughs> hey now. You know what else is huge? You know what else is huge? Contracts, contracts yes. in MLB. Scott Boris, he's making a lot of coin off of off of those players, dude. Eight hundred sixty-one million dollars, and he's got more people coming up to sign. Drinks on them. Yeah, drinks on them. Um, gr- quick baseball tangent. <laughs> By the way, uh, Trey Turner was funny uh, after Rendon signed with the Angels. He he had this maybe it was Instagram, Twitter. I don't know. I almost said Trey Young, but uh, Trey Turner. So he opens up this drawer and he takes out this uh, shirt with Anthony Rendon's face. Like, my favorite player is Rendon or something like that. Drops it on the floor and then kicks it against the wall. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that's kind of cold, bro. <laughs> that's cold, dude. Uh, Someone's not happy. Yeah, no. But, uh, look, Strasburg, seven years, $245 million. I like how he held the record for the richest pitcher contract in MLB history for, oh, 33 hours. <laughs> and then, then Garrett Cole happened. Um, and then, obviously, once Strasburg's on, I, I, you know, I guess a lot of people figured, well, see you later, Anthony Rendon. Uh, but he signs the Angels, seven years, $245 bucks. I mean, Trout and Rendon, it's a nice combo, obviously. So... They need some pitching, though. Yeah, they do. They, they do. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they can go that Houston Astros method 
and just bang on some drums and, you know, send some smoke signals. <laughs> I will say this about Garrett Cole. I'm really curious, and I, I know that some of the backstory is, is kind of interesting, you know, growing up the Yankees fan, and you got that, you've seen that picture floating around where he's like, I think it was 2001, and he's, re, he's real young, he's holding up the sign and all, all that, whatever. Uh, it, it's kind of cool that he gets to sign with a team that was his favorite as, as a boy, That, that that's neat. Uh, but I'm curious if there's any appreciable dip or drop off, depending on what was really going on with Houston and how beneficial that was for their pitchers, for their players, for, you know, I'm just kind of curious in a different environment, <laughs> whatever that <laughs> secret sauce was in Houston. Uh, Cause a, it's a hell of a lot of money. Uh, the Yankees can obviously do that and absorb that. It's cool that he gets to go to his fan. He gets to play a little fandom card at the professional level. That's neat. I'm just curious to see how he lives up to that contract because it's an insane amount of money. I don't know how the freak. I mean, god damn, baseball contracts are, are nuts. Um, yeah. Well, I think for Cole, one of the things that's going to help him is the fact is his familiarity with the American League in general, because oh, sure. National League, because National League and American League hitting hitters are so different that you've seen pitchers transition from one league one to the other and it's like night and day yeah and some guys just absolutely dominate regardless of where they are you know someone like randy johnson who just absolutely destroyed teams no matter what and birds um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that video still just makes me chuckle a little bit and just makes you go ooh, oh <laughs> blow it up bad timing yeah a little bit but also i'm really curious I know a lot of people don't think about it, but catchers play such a huge role of with course. pitchers as well. So I'd be really curious to see what type of rapport he can develop in New York and see if they can get on the same page so that the pitch selection and things like that are you know, similar to what he had with Houston. Man, Garrett Cole's contract costs $1 million less than Angel Stadium and the 133 acres of ripe, undeveloped land that surrounds it. That really is what incredible. What the hell? That really is incredible. That's that's insane. Yeah. Holy cow. That's, and then it, you get Rendon, who makes bank right after that. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, quite frankly, for the Yankees, and I know, I mean, you're a Mets fan, so it's not like you're like, yay, go Yanks, I get it. Um, I understand. But, you know, I enjoy it from a fandom standpoint. But from a, uh, if you're looking at it, I mean, the Yankees totally, like, you know, pilfer somebody from a team that they have to deal with. It's great for New York. It's, it's great for them. I mean, are you kidding? You know, if he, if he only lasts four years or he's only, a, you know, whatever. I mean, I mean, yeah, it sucks if you have to eat a lot of that back end. Whoa. Um, oh, wow. 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 Talk about a slider. You turn back time on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> mm. <laughs> Spe speaking of eating back end anybody talk to Whitfield tonight? no I'm just kidding <laughs> oh no oh no oh, 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 oh man Okay, obligatory Whitfield blast <laughs> done. <laughs> check the check, check that off the list. Check check. 
You said <laughs> balls. Uh, might as well have some fun with it. But yeah, yeah, like that part is crazy. And there's something screwy with the thing with the the Angel Stadium. Like they had to agree to sell it, or I, I, they're, they're, it, but it's interesting uh, the amount of money and how that ties. It, that's one of those weird, funky, funky stat kind of deals. Real quick, and uh, you know, uh, again, I, I'm not a huge diehard anything with MLB. I, I grew up with the with the. My fan, I had a lot of family that liked the Orioles, so I went to a lot of Orioles games. Um, and then I, you know, my big brother was a Yankees fan, and so that's that's what I was really exposed to with him, and that's where, kind of where that went. But I don't, I don't have any real diehard like I just don't anymore. Um, I just don't have any diehard fandom left for MLB after all the strikes; they just killed it all out of me. But I do enjoy it, and I do enjoy the playoffs, uh, and I do have rooting interests. I do have that. Um, so we have the contract part that we talked a little bit about, and I'm glad the Nats resigned Strasburg. I'm happy about that. I'm sorry to see them lose Rendon, but you know it's hard to pay everybody unless you're the Yankees. But I am curious, quick reaction on that rule that we're talking about that MLB is going to institute uh, in 2020 that requires pitchers to either face a minimum of three batters and the parents were pitched to the end of a half inning. Like, have you guys read about that yet? I have not. Wow. Yeah. So it's that's supposed to be coming twenty twenty, um, and it's, it's part of their effort to reduce the number of pitching changes and in turn cut down the average time per game. Dude, just enforce a pitch clock, you bastards. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Is all you need. <clears throat> that's, that's all you got to do. That's going to take a lot of that strategy out with like you know lefty lefty righty righty yes. stuff that they that they'll do in the playoffs and I, well, and I yeah I, feel, I don't I don't like that and maybe they feel uh, while they may also shorten some games it may also generate more offense in general maybe kind of make games a little more exciting could be um, that'd be the only thing I could really think of but yeah I mean baseball isn't meant to be a fast game it never was it was meant to be a game of strategy and playing the averages and you know who's got what tendencies and yeah that that really is going to make things it's like yeah because the guy comes in walks the bases loaded it's like well yeah you faced your three batters but there's still zero outs you're bring someone else in instead of half an inning or a full inning or whatever you want to do. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. So the, one of the exceptions is, is like illnesses. And so I was reading this one article. It made me laugh. And they're like, people are going to be like getting sick all of a sudden. Or they're going to, they're going to pull a hammy. They have to come out. And so they'll start faking. They're going to start flopping. You're going to have baseball pitchers essentially flop and fake injuries. You know what I mean? To get out of it. And it's just, I, I don't get know. The man called on the, on yeah, the mound. I, I, I think baseball purists are going to hate it. Um, and my first reaction was, no, that's a terrible idea. If you want to speed up the game, just enforce a legitimate pitch clock. That's all you got to do. All right. I know some of the pitching changes get crazy. I know some of the shift, like I, I get it. Baseball just has all kinds of layers of crap that people do. Okay. Whether it's, you know, trend analysis or all the analytics or one pitcher in and then he's gone. I mean, dude, just let people do that. You want to speed up the game. You can do that without fundamentally changing the nature of the sport. 
and doing that, making people face a minimum of three batters, I guess unless they fake injury or legitimately get hurt, um, that's a fundamental change. I think that's I think that's too much. So I hope that gets reconsidered and gets ripped out of there. But I, I, who knows? Maybe it'll turn out to be a good thing. But on the surface, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, and my first reaction, my first reaction to that is negative. No, <laughs> not a fan. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, it's like, what do you want to do? Sit there and have the pitcher who's going to stand there, study the guy for moments. But you know, just like I'm on a pitch. You know, have a clock. To me, it just yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, just to sit there and take away one of the things that makes baseball baseball. Or it's kind of, go ahead. It, it's just it's, it's kind of like the whole thing with uh, like we were talking about when you know Houston was caught legitimately stealing signs. Where it's like mm-hmm. you know there's always been sportsmanship when it comes to that sort of thing in baseball, but now taking it to that next level and kind of eliminating something that's always been, you know, a little bit taboo, but always part of the strategy of the game mm-hmm. of studying your opponent and finding weaknesses and trying to find ways to gain advantages, but to be blatant about it, you know, it's just, it seems like ba- they're trying to change baseball, and I don't think it's going to be for the better. I think it's kind of like when, they had the strike, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, when they finally came back, you had the the long ball because mm-hmm. of how they changed the course of the baseball so that they jumped off the bats more. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, it feels like it's not as just taking away a purity of baseball that just had been around for hundred, you know, hundred years. <clears throat> Here's something I don't get. Right. So we're talking about you know speeding up the game, or, or the, which I'm okay with. You know, pushing the pace. I'm all right with that. Okay. But I also watch baseball on DVR. I don't watch a game. I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I do not watch a game live. I just don't do it. Right? Unless it's on in the background while I'm doing other stuff. Then I'll have a game on live. But I don't just sit down and watch a live baseball game. Now, I will go to a game and drink beer with people. Right? And watch, you know, Shannon try to smack me in the face. I will go to a, <laughs> I will go after a few too many beers. I will go. I will go to a game, but that's a different experience. But on TV, nah, man. I, I DVR it. Okay. You can accept. You can accept the flavor of baseball for what. You're not going to compete with an NBA game. You're not going to compete with an NFL game. It, it's a different deal. But what I think is incredible is a change like that. A proposed change like that to try to speed up the game, right? Fundamentally change the game. And then you also have uh, that goofy proposal from apparently our whipping boy these days, the Astros. They're leading an effort to reduce the number of minor league teams by twenty six percent. You know what I mean? Like it's what? What are you trying to do? Who do you yeah, want to be? That doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, that's a lot sense. of that's a lot of players who were have huge aspiring dreams to one day potentially make it to the big leagues. And you just want to cut that dream short? For what? You're ta- they're talking about, you know, that would be contracting 42 of the 160 minor league teams to, to save some money. Okay? But here's one of the things about that. If you're worried about the future of the sport, why in the hell would you go after minor league teams 
where that are the future of the sport. That they're not only the future for players of the sport, but that are in, entrenched in communities where somebody can take a family out and watch a ball game without having the you know put the whole night on a credit card because they can't afford to do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, here's a novel idea. Stop paying $35 million a year for a player. How about that? That'll, <laughs> well, that'll save you some money. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, sure. But, yeah, I think some of that is obviously certain organizations have deeper pockets and they can have – they can really spend a lot um, and they can leverage an extensive farm system better than other organizations can. But that's just what it is. But I, I, I just uh, – you know – I talk about how base, I mean, my, my, how about my feelings for baseball changed, but at the same token, I will acknowledge that as a kid, I remember going to a lot of minor league baseball games, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was local. It was affordable. You got to see players that, in our case, we had the Richmond Braves, uh, and they were good. They weren't always good, but, I mean, there were a lot of, you know, a lot of big names that pass through Richmond on the way to Atlanta, and now we've got the squirrels with at the farm, you know, part of the the Giants system. You know, there have been a lot of good players that have passed through, but it's a community thing. It's a community thing. There's a little bit of sports glue, and there's a little bit of family. You know, let mom and dad or whatever take. Junior, or little miss out, have some peanuts, watch some baseball. Maybe it's just, it's an experiential thing, and uh, for all the money that's fucking in baseball, dude, are you effing kidding me? You just you know you got a contract that's three hundred and what was Gary called three hundred twenty four million dollars, and you're going to talk to me about the cost of minor league baseball? Fuck out of here with that. Seriously, get out of here. That, and not only that, it's those minor league teams that created those that have brought those players along that. You have the small market teams that actually end up playing well, like when Kansas City won the World Series recently, and Houston, for Christ's sake. I mean, they they were they're for what sake, team. Randy? For for what <laughs> sake? Seriously, Shannon. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> Do you it. For fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't deserve the the fail horn. Well, that's. Well, but baseball. Is, I mean, the Astros' effort just, does, but well, yeah. Given if all the shit they've been doing, yes, if you're worried about the future it. of the sport, why are you attacking the minor leagues? You need the minors, dude. How, how else do you get people to, you know, kids to love baseball? You don't take it away from them. Not, you know, not everybody's by a major league team. Yeah. You know I mean, what I'm for saying? For me, like, I got to see the Syracuse Chiefs at the time, uh, but I think they're the Sky Chiefs now. Yeah. And at the time, they were the Blue Jays organization, so I got to see like Carlos Delgado come through and Robbie Alomar and stuff like that. Not Robbie Alomar. I'm not thinking that straight. I was just one of the Alomars, I think. But um, it's just <laughs> Roberto. Yeah. yeah. No. It's just, but it's just the idea that, and I think now they're a Mets farm club, so like they get to see Tim Tebow, which I know he always a draws a crowd regardless, even if he ever makes it to the majors or not. But it's just the idea. You get to see the future. You get to, like you said, you get excited. It's it's good family fun. I mean, how many times have we gone to a Squirrels game and it's just 
It's just it's just fun. They're not. It's not. They're nothing too have crazy. Fun. It's... Have fun. Go nuts. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> And drink beer. And drink, and drink beer. Lots yeah. of beer. I mean, it's just I. I don't know, man. Don't don't complain to me about the future of the sport, and then, you know, essentially murder the underpinnings of your of like small market fan bases. And I don't mean like major league small market. I mean minor league small market. Some rando team in the middle of nowhere. They're probably called the you know the ketchup packs or something really goofy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There have there are some strange names out there for some of the minor <laughs> league teams, but yeah. that's part of the culture of it. That's yeah, part of the culture of it. It truly is. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I just there's some things that happen. I, I I think you play a dangerous game when you attack the roots of your fan base and the roots and the underpinnings of your sport. You, both of you guys know that I, that I grew up a big NASCAR fan, big racing fan, and I largely don't give a crap about NASCAR anymore. I follow it very loosely. Uh, I was a big Dale Earnhardt guy, loved him, uh, and I loved that era, the 80s and the 90s. I loved that era. But NASCAR got too big for its britches. They got away from some of their core root tracks and you know, to grow the sport and make it bigger. And I hated the car tomorrow. I hated the common templates. I hated the restrictor plates. You know, They did a lot of stuff, and it, it, it changed the nature of the sport. You know, playoffs. Get the hell out of here. Playoffs? Playoffs. Get that shit the hell out of there, man. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at some, there are just times you, you just, you fundamentally alter certain components and in, in the nature of the sport and how, you, how the sport grows and how to replace your fan base, right? It's dangerous. You know, I mean, the, like, the Redskins are so terrible right now. You know, people are leaving or, or stop. They don't want to be fans of the team anymore. They, they no. turn into Ravens fans. But if you're if you're like like I'm 42, do you think I'm going to be like, hey son, I'm going to take you to a Redskins game? No, I'm not paying money to take him up there to see that debacle. You know, so so you have a generational problem. It's one thing if your team is bad, right? But then if you if you don't have a team, how do you share that experience with your kids? Spoiler alert, you don't. You don't. Right? I mean, you have to replace... You ha I mean, this sounds mean in a way, but you have to be able to replace your fan base. You need opportunity space for them to grow into the sport. And some of that is a shared fandom with your family or your friends. Because you generally have the team that you're exposed to that you come up with, that you bond with with your pops or your mom or your whatever, your siblings or your granddad or your grandma or whatever, right? Or your uncle that maybe put some money on the books here and there with, you know, Uncle <laughs> Sal or something. You know, you, you have all that stuff, you know, and, and you just, you, you I, I just, I, for the life of me, I don't understand that. And I just think, I think it's awful. I don't either. I think it's awful. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they get the full fail horn for that. Agreed. Bitch bags. Anyway, um, okay. Let's uh, let's let's wrap up and get out of here. We've touched on most, I think, significant things that we really needed to, to be honest with you. You got um, any dumb stories that you can share? Yeah, of course I do. 
I was gonna flip. Who are you talking about here, Shannon? I mean, come on. Yeah, of course I have dumb stories to share. Um, I was gonna do a, a real quick, just uh, light and tight <laughs> kind of NFL wrap up, and then we can look at some dumb stories, and then we can just finish our beers and finish our beverages. And oh my god, I still have three quarters of this Jack and Coke. I better start housing this thing. <laughs> Jeez, I got on a baseball. Of all the rants for me to get on to forget about drinking, I got on a minor league baseball rant. <laughs> You had that. Play the lottery. Yeah, play, play the lotto. I need to play the lotto, too. Uh, side note, I like how Earl Thomas was talking about how the refs needed to protect Lamar Jackson a little bit more. Look, that's a pretty strategic move, dude. I get it. Uh, but Lamar Jackson has to protect Lamar Jackson. Yep. All right. As somebody that watched RG3 not know how to take a damn hit, <laughs> running back in bounds and getting clocked by people, um, he's got a, he's got somebody on team with him that can remind him that you got to play smart sometimes. You have yes. to. It's the old proverbial: no one to hold them, no one to fold them, right? Um, and sometimes you got to play smart. It, that that's a lesson from Russell Wilson. I think is probably one of the best examples of that because he knows how to take a hit, and and he knows how to avoid a hit. Uh, that doesn't mean he doesn't ever get hit. He does. Uh, but Cam Newton wasn't real good about avoiding that. And the, granted, Cam Newton was gigantic, but. I mean, when Kaepernick was playing, he took his fair hit. Share he did hits too. And sometimes you have to sell out, unless it's a fumble in the Super Bowl. Just ask Cam about that. But sometimes okay. you have to sell out. Yeah, but other times you you have to be mindful of it. So well, I well, and it's and it's not like uh, Jackson has gone to the Eli Manning school of just ragdolling because that's how he's never gotten hurt. He just knows how to ragdoll <laughs> when he gets hit. Yeah, or you know, you know I always loved. Uh, when Peyton sensed the pressure and he would just turtle up and collapse. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's not like Peyton Manning was going to run away from anybody. <laughs> you know, play another day. Yeah. Play another day. Play another down. I still remember. I don't remember wh- uh, what game it was, but I remember the play and uh, I, I don't recall if he was with the Broncos. I want to say he was with Denver at this point, but maybe he was still with the Colts. And there was a, <laughs> there was a play fake or whatever. And Peyton Manning went running out on a bootleg or something. And, like, the cameraman did not follow him. And Peyton Manning's out there just running slow as hell into the end zone. And nobody's around him. And it's like. That was with Denver. I remember that play. <laughs> it was like, that is so great. It's uh, What a great play. Because, like, you, they fooled everybody. They fooled the defense. They fooled the cameras. Yeah, it was just hilarious. But, uh, you know, uh, look, the, the whole Lamar Jackson thing this year has been great. I think Baltimore's done a really good job. Um managing the environment for him and building the team around him, the offense around him. He's obviously grown as a player. It's been a hell of a ride. And we'll see how far they can ride it as it currently sits. It's hard not to look at the Ravens as the favorite coming out of the AFC. It doesn't mean that Houston can't rise up and beat them or, you know, New England somehow figures all this crap out because you can't ever fully discount them for just figuring something out. Uh, or the Chiefs can't have a great week and blow them out. I mean, yeah, but you, you, I mean, you, you don't know. But I think, generally speaking, you look at Lamar Jackson as the favorite for the NFL MVP, and you look at that team as one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl uh, because of what they are able to do in offense. Uh, and coupling that with their run game, coupling that with their defense, coupling that with good coaching, uh, they're going to be in a mix. I, I, I think they're trem- they've done a tremendous job. I don't know, and maybe that was just strategic. Plant that seed now at the end of the season going into the playoffs. 
Maybe they'll pay a little extra attention to it. But some of that is just, it's on Lamar. You know, once you're a running back, brother, you're going to get tagged. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is, dude. That's what it is, well, man. And the thing is, is if they start paying special attention to him and trying to protect him, then you're going to have to kind of just put that over all the quarterbacks even more so than that. Because if it's all of a sudden you notice, people are going to start noticing, hey, you, he, they're saying he's fragile, you can't touch him, but yet yeah. we're watching these guys get absolutely destroyed. I mean, I, there was one play tonight where I was kind of surprised they didn't throw the flag because mm-hmm. RG3 was in, and the dude scooped him up and slammed him down on the sideline, and no flag. Oh. Oh. like Because he was trying to, you know, he was scrambling because mm-hmm. it's what Roman's offense is. And uh, when he got to the sideline, the defensive back actually caught him in midair and slammed him down to the ground, but no flag came out. But if I guarantee you, if that was Lamar Jackson or someone else, there might have been a flag. Could have been. Could have been. It's RG3. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, that guy. Uh, Some of it's strategic. This is not Earl's first time, you know, dealing with uh, all all this stuff. That's a a smart seed to plant. Get people looking. That being said, the team and Lamar Jackson have to work to protect Lamar Jackson. Play smarter. Smart smart play calls. No one to uh, hold him. No one to fold him. You're right, Randy. Because once you get to that, once you get to the playoffs, you know this is no longer, you know, the cakewalk that is like the Jets or no. the or the Bengals or the Dolphins. This is you're going up against Kansas City, who's got a quarterback who's just as damn good, or if not, maybe better. Different. And then you got and yeah, and D- the Patriots who defensive who you know Belichick will have a game plan. He'll have something. To play against Jackson. He'll have something. I don't yeah. know, and I really don't know what to expect out of really. The Titans are, Titans are the Texans. I, I don't know who's. I don't know who's. I don't know who's coming out of the division. Brother, really don't. let me tell you, the Tannehill Texans are. Or excuse me, the Tannehill Titans <laughs> are tremendous right now. Shannon, he's, just, he's playing at a whole new level, dude. Fun factoid. That's... Now I know it was the Raiders, and the Raiders seem to be in quit mode. I get it. I understand. They're, I don't think they're as bad as the the Jaguars. I think are, are are trying to lay claim as the shittiest team in the league right now. The Jets have fighted them. The Dolphins have fighted them. The Jaguars just look like they're just like, eh, <laughs> whatever. Check please. Check please. Check. <laughs> just the tip. Let's get out. You know. I mean, <laughs> they're terrible. But uh, t- since week seven. The Titans are six and one. <laughs> They're second in the league at thirty one point four points per game. They're second in the league at three hundred ninety five yards per game. And they're first in the league with yards per play at six point nine five. Ryan Tannehill, by the way, has been rolling like an absolute boss after taking over from Mariota. I think he had one game that was kind of like whatever. He has the second most touchdowns in the league. Since week seven. Again, Shannon, I'm so glad I could have A.J. Brown and Tannehill and drop them for you only to play them in the fantasy football playoffs. I still, I think I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I don't grossly regret that uh, by the time this weekend is done, but I might. I think you'll be fine. I think you never know. You never know. But, you know, again, the Titans are second in the NFL in scoring with Tannehill at quarterback. 
the, words they, they we have a thought le- we would never say. Yeah, I know, I know. They have a league best. They are a league best plus fifty nine, a plus fifty nine point differential in the second half. Not full games, dude. They're a league best plus fifty nine in the second half over the past five weeks. That's insane. And Tannehill, for all the grief and guff that dude has gotten, let me tell you what. In that Raiders game in the first quarter when Tannehill threw that ball, well, it wasn't a normal interception. It got tipped, but it got picked off by a big old fat honking lineman, Maurice Hurst. And Hurst was just chugging down the field, buttering his bread, stuffing some donuts and ho-hos in his pie hole, chugging on down the field, dude. And Tannehill looked like he was out of the play. Next thing you know, Tannehill just takes the fuck off, dude. Gets around there and just flat out levels Hurst. And that's a big dude, man. Tannehill's an athlete. Hurst is a big boy. He brought a big old tackle and took that fat man down. I mean, bro, you want, I know we're usually like quarterbacks. Yo, don't do that. <laughs> don't, do, don't do that, man. Yeah, I bet film room but, was fun this week. But when that Tannehill came up. Tannehill, shut the fuck up, fat man. This ain't none of your goddamn business. <laughs> he took that dude down. That's a respect play. That's a respect I mean, play. How much do you think that fired up that team just to watch him have that kind oh, of, ton. of hustle? A ton. Oh, yeah. A ton. A ton. He shouldn't do that on a routine basis, but in that moment, I, it, brilliant. So the Tannehill Titans, right? And maybe it's just a good fit. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe it's a good fit. I certainly didn't see this happening for him. Most people mm-hmm. didn't. But kudo, good for him. He might just parlay this into the gigantic-ass contract and revert back to full Miami Dolphin Buttsuck Express Tannehill. But whatever. Well, I think the going rumor is for now is for him to – uh, get a franchise tag and see what he does. Which, that's still a pretty nice con- one-year contract. Ver, ver, that's a good team. You have a window with Henry. I think Vrabel has a good feel for the pulse of that squad. They could franchise him. But he's at the right right point at his age. I want to say he's 30. If he likes it there and they like him then do a deal. Uh, maybe it blows up in your face. So be it. He's tough. He's got a decent arm. They've got some good young talent. They've got a run game. They've got a D. And they've got some attitude. And I think he's he's part of the identity of that. So, yeah, you can franchise him and you can dance that dance, play that game. But if, if they believe in him, unless he wants something astronomical, uh, I think that is in their best interest to resign that dude and get it done. I think if they make the playoffs and they win at least a playoff game, I think he gets a long-term deal. He may. We'll see. Well, one thing is clear. Tennessee Titans are not going to let him go. (laughs) Oh, Shannon. Somebody had to somehow weave that into this. Shannon's like, I got to fit it in somewhere. Yeah. 
It's like a bad shard. It's just inescapable. <laughs> Side note, and I mentioned this pre-podcast to you. I had a great deal of rage face. I, I, overall, we had a great experience taking the family to see Frozen 2. I think I mentioned this. We had a good time the other week. But I didn't tell y'all how much I absolutely hated. Yeah, the storm was raging on you. Damn right, Elsa. I was pissed, man. We got there. I have never seen as many previews for a movie or, or before the movie I wanted to see. I've never seen half an hour plus of previews. And when we saw Frozen 2 in Charlottesville, I swear to God, we eclipsed 30 minutes of from when we were there and they cranked up the projector to show us an advertisement about eating popcorn and turning your cell phone off and then all the previews. I mean, I, I about wanted to be like, I just, I about wanted to smack a bitch, dude. <laughs> there was so little justification for 30 or 35 minutes of junk before a movie. Bro, it is a kid's movie. We are already pushing the limits with a three-year-old and a five-year-old seeing however long Frozen 2 was. We do not need an extra 30 to 35 minutes of runtime on that. Y'all are assholes. Dude, we can watch trailers online. Play them in the lobby. The hell? Two, well, three, I mean, 15, well, I mean, 15 minutes is all the previews and all the crap. 15 minutes is enough. If you're not there on time, if you're not there within 15 minutes of the movie starting, that is on your ass. Mm. <laughs> that is on you. You know, especially when you can buy your seats and where you're going to sit in advance, which is what we did because I wanted to make sure I didn't have to fight over a seat. There's four of us. I'm not playing that game. I'm so glad you can you can pick your seats now with theaters, man. This is where I want to be. Poof, there it is. Because uh, we were talking about because we're going to see Star Wars next week, which is awesome, and I'm super looking forward to it. And I hope, like hell, we don't have 35 minutes of previews and commercials and crap we have to wade through. Well, and if you remember when we went to see Terminator, we were a little bit late getting there, but yet there was still an ass ton of previews. Mm-hmm. We were definitely not early. Going no, to see we were not. no, we were not early. <laughs> we weren't late, late, but we were. I, I think we were like five minutes behind, maybe ten. I knew we were fine, but yeah, there were still a lot of previews. Dude, there's too many. Stop, You're killing me, y'all. Hell, man. I don't know. Maybe that's a petty ass thing to bitch about. It's just annoying. I'm already spending an assload of money to go to the movies. I don't. I don't, even, no. I, I don't even. I can't even. Like I have to go back and look at receipts. But like, it's four of us going to a movie. I bought popcorn and candy and a drink. I mean, you know, I, I spent. You know, I spent at least a hundred dollars. Yeah, so, you know, at least a hundred bucks in a movie. You get those previews. That fifteen minutes, y'all. That's all you need. Do you know how many babies get made in less than fifteen minutes? <laughs> that's all i'm saying dude 15 minutes is a quarter of football if you can't have enough previews in a quarter of football you are you are doing it wrong i mean hell the patriots only had eight minutes of Bengals sideline footage eight minutes that's all they had <laughs> 30 minutes the hell out of here a full episode of the office without commercials is like 23 God damn, y'all. Stop. God bless. I'm going to say all the expletives. I don't care. (laughs) 
Uh, kudos it's to like the C-Rex, the F, yeah, I'm deep. F and I'm going deep. Kudos to the Steelers, by the way. They started one and four. They're now then they, they, they they've gone seven and one since starting one and four. Now they're eight and five. And I, I will say this: it's hard to argue that Tomlin isn't front and center for coach of the year. And I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, and he deserves if he's not coach of the year, he's got to be right in the mix for it because that's an incredible job to lose Big Ben. Um, with, with the other offseason losses they had with Bell, Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown, dude, get off of Twitter, dude. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You can't have an apology and a mea culpa one day. I don't know who wrote that for you. Apparently, you didn't write it, clearly. Uh, you can't have a mea culpa one day and be like, hey, I'm sorry, everybody. I really want to play again. And then, like, virtually the next day, tweet about how Big Ben is a loser, how you hate everybody, they're racist, they're this, they're fuckers, they're screwing you. You can't do it. You can't be a bipolar Twitter participant and expect to get back in the league. They're going to do to you what they did to Colin Kaepernick and be like, the league has moved on. Shut your face. <laughs> I mean, God, what a waste. Oh, my God. I'm not going to lie. That kind of worries me about him because it's like, dude, you clearly need to get help or medical attention. Something. Yeah. It seems like his, he's just one minute. He's calm. The next minute he's going off. It's almost as if he's just taking so many shots over the years that. Well, the, you can make, This is one of those things where it's easy to kind of make fun of what a little bit of what's going on. Some of this is self-inflicted, for sure. Yeah. It is. But if you go back to earlier in his career, he wasn't a nutbag earlier in no, his career. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He seemed like a good dude. And somewhere along the line, man, whether it's the hits, whether it's concussions, I don't know, whatever the deal is with this Someone guy. Someone had pointed out that I guess Vontez Burfick yes. had laid him out yes. once and they said after that hit he hadn't been the same. No, that's a long-standing topic of conversation is he has not been right since the Vontez Burfick hit. And there is something to that theory. Yeah. But God bless if there is um, any any player, current player you look at and you go, CTE, it is Antonio Brown. Yep. And it's a shame both for him personally and him professionally. Now, look, we don't know that that's actually what's up. Maybe he is just an asshole, and that could be the case. He could just be a he could just be a dick. But it is hard not to look at that with how he oscillates between some degree of sanity and then a certain degree of what appears to be virtual insanity, uh, and just be like, "What is wrong with you, dude? Just shut up. <laughs> just <Yeah>. stop. <laughs> stop." Yes. Knock it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. Get off my lawn. Ah. Yes. You kind of got hosed a little bit. Sure. But you, you bear some responsibility in that because you did a little bit of that to yourself with all the shenanigans with your feet and the helmet and the air balloon and all the junk with the Raiders. And I will say, I think it's funny that when he was with the Patriots, all this stuff blew up with whoever was going after him for, you know, crank yanking and all other kinds of shenanigans and then he's not on any team and it all seems to go away that is a little suspect i will be honest with you um but that being said his actions and what he tweets and writes and blows up about doesn't help him that's no it's a choice 
Colin Kaepernick made a choice to not not play the NFL's game. All right, I don't think he's loony. I just think he made a choice of, of how he wanted to control the narrative. And now the you know I think Goodell said it best: the league is moving on without him. All right, because he he clearly isn't going to play the game the way the league wants him to play. And I don't mean football; I mean all the stuff that goes in addition to playing yeah. the game of football. He doesn't want to do it that way. Well, that's a choice. Antonio Brown, I think, has made some poor choices, and maybe he can't help himself. And it's sad because he arguably is one of the greatest wide receivers of this generation, and he's going to lose the back chunk of his career, is what it appears like, from all this other stuff. And it, it's it's not just the football part, but then you have to wonder about him as a person, his health as a person, and the future of what his life will be. And I, I'm not saying – I don't mean to draw this as a parallel – but I do think of how painful and how awful the end of Junior Seau's life was. Yeah. And what you don't want is to see other people go down that path. Because it's dark, it's ugly, and it ends terribly. And they're not the same person. And that's something you see clearly with these former players that are impacted, adversely impacted by and from the CTE and it is a logical (laughs) it's reasonable to look at Antonio Brown and just wonder you can't say definitively that that's what it is but it is hard not to wonder if that's what's going on with this dude and that that is the price that football has extracted um, taking its toll on him And, and here's another interesting thing to look at it's like they wanted to the whole helmet fiasco earlier during the preseason and during training camp. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. If he was in his right mind, he'd be like, okay, no problem. I get it. But clearly he wasn't because now granted, you know, you could sit there and say, is it because he didn't want to be in Oakland or is it because he truly wasn't in his right mind? It could be a bit of both really. Cause you want to have that type of protection. You, you want do. to make sure that you're not going to lose quality of life because of just taking too many shots to the head. But like Shannon pointed out earlier, that hit from perfect changed him. It it appears to, that's the one that people go back to. That's the one that people go back to. Uh, All right, guys, let's wrap up Shannon, uh, put a bowl in any CFP or NFL or MLB or any of that. Uh, Any wrap up thoughts for you, brother? Nah, go Navy, beat Army this weekend. Uh, I'm pretty sure Burrow's going to wrap up the Heisman as well this weekend. Is, and, it, does, uh, is he unanimous? I mean, is he? I mean, nah, there'll be a few a holes who will vote for someone else. Should and, he be unanimous? That's he's about as close to a sure thing as I've seen in a long time. Yeah. I'll have to agree with you. Even from just the few things I've seen from that kid, uh, he has been playing on another level compared to what I've seen from other guys this year. He's just been very consistent all year long, and he's been going off all year long. So I I don't think he'll be unanimous because you'll have some people who will vote for their guy, but he'll probably garner a lot more first-place votes than most winners. Yeah. Randy, whether it's MLB or CFP or NFL, uh, wrap-up thoughts? 
I mean, I know we didn't really focus on all the games, but um, just a couple. Giants, way to spoil uh, the return of Eli. <laughs> um, I, 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 I just don't get it. You guys had, they were just, they were up, they were playing well. Dude. And then the second half show, came along, and that was all she wrote. It's like they were good for a half. It's like and, they were Wisconsin. Yes, they Wisconsin that bitch. That's a good way to look at it. I really thought the Eagles were going to win that game. Excuse me, the Giants were going to win that game. One more. Everything pointed to it, too. That's the whole thing. Just a field goal. All they did was a field goal. Something. Something in the second half. They had 30 yards in the second half, dude. 30. The Eagles scored the last 20 points in one enough football, and it took overtime, but they got the job done. Nearly having to roll Josh McCown out there as a wide receiver. Yeah, that's crazy. Never always. That's never a good thing. No. Uh, Eli Eli Manning had a couple of moments. The Giants are not a good. They're not a good team, dude. Uh, two and eleven. Ninth, uh, lost their ninth straight game, tying a franchise record set in nineteen seventy six. But suck oh, express. Insane. BSE baby. BSE and. Um... Honestly, I want to know, and I'll ask you, Justin, what's mm-hmm. going on with Green Bay? I mean, I realize that, you know, for the game on this past Sunday, it's both your teams, and you're fine with whoever really won. I know you preferred Green Bay because of where they are playoffs. Well, the, there's something for them to play for. I mean, the Redskins, I just want them to lose. But the thing for the Packers, I, I just feel like they should not have struggled the way they did against the Redskins. I wish I had a, 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 a like a like a clean answer, <laughs> you know, for that. That's a team that puzzles me a little bit because I think they're capable of more than they do. And there have been some moments this year where you looked at Rodgers and you were like, "Has he aged harder than maybe we've realized?" You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, is this a play calling thing? Is it an execution thing? Is it ego? Like, what's the deal? Maybe Mike, maybe McCarthy wasn't such a bum after all, uh, and you just wonder about it. But they, they've been inconsistent. That's probably the best thing I can say about Green Bay. Uh, they should have beaten the Redskins. They did. It was a little closer than I th- think if you're a Green Bay fan you wanted to see. And the Redskins had opportunities. I mean, they, they missed a two-point conversion at the end, but they went for a, you know an onside kick. And Terry McLaurin, by the way, incredible one-handed grab at the end of that game. Incredible one-handed touchdown. Ball was, impressive. ball was slightly behind him, and he still managed to bring that thing in. That was fantastic. Uh, Green Bay was probably a little bit overrated. I think they started out the season with some question marks. Then they probably got a little bit overrated, and they've kind of regressed a little bit to their mean. I think Green Bay on their best day can play with anybody. The question is if you're going to get their best day and above average day or they got their ass beaten by somebody day like the 49ers did. Because that's a team that can have a swing of the pendulum, and it could be all over that map. They could, have, they could play a great game and beat anybody, or, you know, or, or they can be a dumpster fire and get eradicated. It's strange. It's strange. I, but a, consistency is probably the thing for them. And I, I don't believe that. I just don't, I don't have faith that they're, they can consistently produce on both sides of the ball. Uh, Rodgers is still very good, of course, but consistency. And I don't, I don't love their offensive line either. 
So their next three games, they're at home against Chicago this weekend, then they're at Minnesota, and then at Detroit. They're going to beat Detroit. They need one of the two. One, they, they need one of the other two. Obviously, Minnesota is probably going to be more like, ha- as long as they beat Chicago, if they lose to Minnesota, it's not the end of the world. Because they'll Chica- probably beat Chicago almost feels like a trap game. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, I agree. It worries me more than it should, only because I wonder if something stupid's going to happen. Um, I know Dallas made Mitch Trubisky look fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully, Green Bay's defense plays uh, a little bit better than Dallas's did. Just a smidge. Going to need them to, honestly. Yeah, that's where I'm at on that here. Let me close this out real quick. This stupid, goofy thing uh, that I thought that y'all would appreciate. I was hoping Mark was going to be around. Uh, But I love this headline on the article in the Sun. Gone with the wind. Man whose deadly farts can kill mosquitoes. Hired to create mosquito repellent made from his intestinal gas. (laughs) Maybe the Sun is a spoof site. I don't know. I just thought the article was funny, and the headline was funny, particularly given the <laughs> fact that Mott, that Mott, that Mark, <laughs> Mott is like the bastard love child of Mark and Matt. Can you imagine the the horrific, oh, the horrificness? I like how you oh. both just said that in 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 sync. That's that's crazy. Um, uh, but but, but <laughs> you know, wow, I think I just ruined the end of this podcast for everybody. Jesus. I just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> don't picture it. No, don't do it. Can, can you imagine, like, like Mark, like a person with Mark's beard but Whitfield's head? Uh, come <laughs> on, man. It's like it's it's like a. a like a rejected extra from one of those Lord of the Rings scenes where they're buried in a mine, you know, one of the dwarves, one of the dwarves is buried in the mine and half dead and half roasted from one of the dragons or something. I mean, it's just like, that's a bad, that's a bad outcome. Go get some second breakfast, y'all <laughs> go away. Damn. Um, but it, anyway, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That is kind of mean. Uh, maybe semi obligatory Whitfield and Mark blast for not being here. Bam. There you go. <laughs> But anyway, I love the headline. I thought it was particularly funny given that Mark did purchase the fart cannon or the fart gun. Yeah, he did. He did. And he tested it. And I would love for him to be here for a a review of it. Uh, But it stank, which is what he bought it for. And apparently it was very effective. So (laughs) next time Mark is back, he can tell us about how effective the fart gun is. Can't I can't as Bart Bart Bart. As Bart Scott says, I have to be careful how I said that there. That got dangerous. As Bart Scott <laughs> says, can't wait. <laughs> anyway. Or, or in this case, it would be Fart Scott. Fart yeah, Scott. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, speaking of things that stink, I just love this headline. It's so dumb. School bus evacuated over the smell of too much Axe body spray. <laughs> they deserve the <laughs> fart cannon. I, I will say this though, man. I, I was at a uh, a work meeting, yet uh, the other day, and and it was mostly a, a good event, mostly a good event. And I have a pretty high tolerance for a lot of crap, but at my table where I was at, it smelled like somebody was bathing, had been bathing in Axe or some kind of cologne or some kind of body oh, wash wow. or body spray 
before they came in. I don't know if they were burning heaters in their car and they bathed up. I don't know. But I it was an inescapable inescapable like nasal assault. I hated whoever did that. It was awful. If you're one of those dickheads that has to bathe yourself in axe or insert cologne or whatever of choice, just <laughs> dude, like stand by a window or something. Or roll your car window down for a couple of minutes. It's fine to take smell. a shower. You don't or, yeah. <laughs> if you a have so shower. much if you have so much body spray on that you burn people's nose hairs or you trigger asthmatic attacks or you know, people can't sit within ten feet of you, uh, then you have a serious pro- or a school bus gets evacuated, you're doing it wrong. I'm just letting you know. You effed up. You, uh, you, I mean, just bathe in poopery next time. I mean, just <laughs> awful. Damn. It was terrible. So, like, I could not, I had to get up from the table I was at. After about an hour, I just couldn't deal with it. I had to get, I got a, I had a headache. I had to go sit by, I had to go, I just stood up and drank water and, you know, stayed away from my table. And I didn't say anything to the people I was around. I wasn't 100% sure who it was. I didn't want to, I mean, I cracked jokes about all kinds of stuff, but I, you know, that, that's an actual thing that was going on. I didn't want to make the person feel self-conscious or bad. But, I mean, it was, it was way too much. And, again, my my nasal passages, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not an overly sensitive person to smells and bells and what the hell is that. Uh, but, like, I had to get I had to get out of the act zone, dude. I had to roll. It was too much. <laughs> too much, dude. Too much. And a and a PSA from us to you, parents, teach your kids they don't need to use half the can no. on themselves. Kids get it wrong, that is for sure. Too much. Too much. Alright, well let's get the hell out of here. Um, there's lots of stuff we didn't get to, but that's just life. Um, a little shorter, a little sweeter uh, podcast. Well, we're still almost closing on two hours. I'll have to insert a break somewhere in here. That's okay. <laughs> Oh, look. Pretend Mark was here. Woo! <laughs> Thank you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but anyway, yeah, let's just go ahead and get out of here. Uh, we're the Sports Brew. Thanks, as always, for listening. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. I almost said Brady Lowe's Funnel Cake. That was a few years ago. I don't even think they exist anymore. I'm not 100% sure. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and a whole bunch of other sites, live sportscaster.com, keywords are sports and brew. Uh, of course, on Twitter at VA Sports Brew. So, look, don't bathe yourself in Axe body spray. And for the people that do it, and I really kind of want to order this, I think Mark should order this too. I think this should be stock and stuffers for people. There is a for your valve stem caps on your car, uh, they now sell <laughs> miniature penises that are valve cap covers. <laughs> Wait, what? Here, here's a picture of it. I think it's hilarious. You could actually order these, and if you hated a coworker, you could put dicks on their car. <laughs> <laughs> here, you, here you go. Oh god. I think it's I think it's hilarious, man. Here you go. Let's put I'm gonna put it in the chat. At Mark. <laughs> you should buy some of these. To go. To go with your fart cannon. I wasted my money on a computer. Mark can waste his money on a fart cannon and some valve cover dicks. Why not? 
There you go. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> there we go. That's what we needed. That's what we, Thank you. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. Oh, that's it's not just the dick, it's the cock and balls. Yeah, oh, oh, oh it's the twig and berries. It's the full deal. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to play the Adam Sandler bit about the cock and balls. I mean, good God. Although they made that one a Dayglo orange. That would probably, that might be a little bit too robust. They might need to, you know, give it a slightly more mellow color so it goes uh, un- unnoticed by the person. Whatever that... you do, don't get out the black light. Don't do that. <laughs> Go do that. But anyway, yeah. All right, cool. That's good. All right, gentlemen, let's get the hell out of here. I was gonna. Yeah, it, it's okay. I had I had other stuff that was up my sleeve, but it's not it's not a big deal. I'm not worried about it. We can save it for Christmas because I think that we should go next Tuesday night. Then we have Wednesday off. We see the new star. Uh, I almost said the new Star Trek. We see the new Star Wars movie on Thursday. I can't believe I just did that. Uh, we'll see the new Star Wars movie on Thursday, uh, and then uh, then it's Christmas time, man. It's yes, break time, sir. so it's going to be good. Be. It's going to be good. All right, let's try to do that. Uh, so anyway, in the interim, from all of us to all of you, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the football, enjoy the fun. If you're still alive in your fantasy football leagues, good luck. Uh, and uh, as I always say, unless you're playing me, then <laughs> go ahead and suck. But uh, <laughs> coming for you, Justin. <laughs> you might be. Uh, we usually have a playoff match. I, I think traditionally, if you go back to... You and me in resistance this week. Uh, no, it's actually me, no. Captain. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, wait, that switched? Yeah. Yeah, it, it went lowest. It, it gets reseeded based on... Uh, oh, I was, I'm, I'm thinking about I got playing Justin. I'm like, I got... Like thirty points out of freaking Crowder. No, I'm like, this is a great start. No, you're playing Justin this week. You're playing Jerry, bro. Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to do that. I don't remember it doing that, it. I don't remember it doing that last year or in, in prior years. But it it flat out reseeded, so the low the highest seed got the lowest seed. Damn it! That's how that's how um, Wit ended up with Lindy in the sports league, mm. and that's how I ended up with. Shannon, because Shannon has a sub 500 record. <laughs> Shannon has a losing record, and here he is in the playoffs, and uh, he might take my ass out. <laughs> but no- nothing ever tops the year that, bo- that both Shannon and I had losing records, got into the playoffs, and then ran to the championship game. <laughs> nothing will ever top that season, because that was the best. Because so Mark many people, yeah, so don't remind me. So many people were so pissed. Uh, and it was hilarious. It was hilarious. I don't even remember. Shannon, did you win that? I don't even know who the hell won that year. I just know that we. I, just, I think that was the same year of, as Joe Webb, if I'm not mistaken. It was. Like, like, we had a couple of them where you and I were deep in the playoffs going yeah. against each other. Oh, and by the way, I got a message on uh, either mo- yeah Monday morning that thanked me for beating Matt in the playoffs. <laughs> From who? Yahoo or some other person? From, from Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's I was so, dying. That's so yeah, funny. I, I, rem- I remember mess- messaging Shannon going, dude, the underdogs are winning this week, man, because he and I were both the underdogs. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. What well, you know, uh, this time of year in fantasy gets crazy because you'll have like screwball stuff, whether it's an injury or somebody is resting or. A couple of people start popping that 
hadn't done it. You know, I mean, the the back end of the year and the fantasy uh, fantasy football playoffs, there's some wildness. So enjoy the ride and have fun. <laughs> you know, fantasy is going to be over before you know it. All of a sudden, it's going to be done. And it, yeah. it always kind of sucks because that means all of a sudden the regular, you know, football season's done. At least we have playoffs with that. Um, but that's funny. I also liked Lindy's suggestion that Whitfield should just pay his dues to him next year. I laughed at that. I thought that was hilarious because <laughs> I think I think Lindy I think Lindy in between the playoffs and the regular season beat Whitfield three times. <laughs> Damn, which is. That's funny. Like a drum, baby. Like a drum. Anyway. All right. That is hella good. That's a true story, man. All right. From all of us, all of you, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Have fun. Good luck to your fantasy squads. We will catch you next week. Uh, And that's that's that. From your friend, the captain. (laughs) And Todd, we will uh, try to make an appearance at the Sierra Nevada event at Kroger next Friday. We will. I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not going to promise you, but we'll try to get out there. So have some beer ready for me, man. I want a pint. <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> no, we love you, bro. We love you. All right, man. From all of us, all of you, enjoy the weekend. Have a good time. We will catch you on the flip side. Good night now and peace out. See you. Good night, fellas. All right, good night, friend. Catch you later, bro. Hey, bro. Late and good luck. Uh, just not against me, but anywhere else you're, anywhere else you're alive. <laughs> and if, if you beat me, so help me God, finish the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> finish him. Finish him. Finish him. All right, gentlemen, get some rest. I'll catch y'all later. All right, guys. Good night. All right, good night. Good night.